politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Columbus Day edition of the podcast. How is your Columbus Day today? I hope you're having a good one. My fellow Italians, I'll be making pizza tonight, obviously, in honor of my culture, my people. How is your day going so far? Are you in a box like the Christopher Columbus statue, or are you out of a box? Get yourself out of a box. It's so ridiculous, isn't it? The city of Philadelphia has put the statue of Christopher Columbus in a box. He's, he's in plywood. And uh, they were in contempt of court on Friday because they did not immediately take Columbus out of the box as they were instructed. I still can't believe that we're living through this right now, this absurdity, at a time when murder rates and crime rates in the city of Philadelphia are absolutely soaring. It's amazing to me. But then again, is it really amazing? I don't think so. I don't think it's that amazing when you think about it, when you really break it down. I know what you're thinking today. You're thinking... COVID rates are, are plummeting. I mean, plummeting everywhere, everywhere in this country right now. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So can we finally now go out without masks on, right? Can we reach that point of when it'll be safe for vaccinated people to be indoors without a mask again? That was the question that was posed to the nation's leading. Remember, you always have to say that it's the law. The nation's leading infectious disease doctor, Asanto Anthony Fauci. And uh, his answer, which is, of course, not even the least bit surprising here. How long do you think it will be until it's safe for vaccinated people to once again be indoors without a mask? You know, I it's always tough to predict that. I think if we continue to go down in the cases that we're seeing right now and more and more people get vaccinated, as the dynamics of the outbreak, namely the amount of virus circulating in the community, goes down, I hope we'll be able to pull back on some of those restrictions to get closer to what we really... How long do you think it Thank will you. be I until it's I safe? I really think that they'll ever let us uh, have any restrictions that are really lifted for good? I mean, does anybody really think that? Because I, I, I've lost faith in the idea that they're ever going to allow things to be back to normal. We just have to make sure that we just push back because otherwise they love this power and the control. They really do. They love it. They need it and they love it. They need it and they love it so much, don't they? It's really amazing. I mean, they're not even hiding it anymore. There's The, the caseloads are so low right now in this country. And I mentioned this this morning. I told you this this morning. I, I was uh, sharing some photos of an education association group, a union thugs in, in North Jersey, union hacks in North Jersey. And they were all in their inside and they're hanging out and they're partying and none of them are wearing masks and they're taking pictures and they're dancing and everything like this. And, you know, I shared this because I wanted everybody to know what was happening and the absolute hypocrisy. Of course, they blocked me on Twitter, but it's just amazing that these people are the very same people that are whining about they don't feel safe in the classroom. And they're all out there partying together, maskless, indoors, inside. It just, it shows you how people are full of it. They, they just use a lot of this now to advance whatever agenda they have. Uh, it's Halloween. We're getting close to Halloween. And in honor of the new Michael Myers movie, Halloween Kills, because Michael Myers will never go away. Michael Myers is still around. There's another Halloween movie coming out. I know, I couldn't believe it. And I just saw that it's going to be streaming on Peacock on Friday, and it'll be in theaters as well. Now, Michael Myers, his debut is in the 70s, really rose to prominence in the 80s, uh, 90s, had a resurgence. We thought we were done with him in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, 
teen 2000s, but he's never going away, apparently. He's never going away. Much like Hillary Clinton, who went on Good Morning America today to say that she, too, will be never going away, just like Michael Myers, never going away. Perfect. Yeah, you, you believe, I believe you said it's up to us to make sure the plot stays fictional. After writing this, any interest at all in getting back into the game of politics? I will never be out of the game of politics. I'm not going to be running for anything. But I really feel, Amy, and I know uh, George was interviewing Adam Schiff mm -hmm. before, I really feel like our democracy is at stake. And there's many reasons for that. Some of them we saw on uh, the screen with the insurrection. Some of them because of the revelations about Facebook that creates a world of disinformation instead of you know, one that uh, we can agree on what the facts are. I really am worried about what's happening at home and around the world. So I'm never going to get out of, uh, you know, being uh, involved, worried, and hopefully trying to help in some way. Secretary Clinton, Louise Penny. This is, it's, this time it's personal, though. She's never getting out, and this time it's personal. It is amazing. Just like Michael Myers. Just when you thought you were done with her, you're not done with her. Just when you See thought here. it was safe to go back into the water, it's not safe yet. No, 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 not even close. Uh, what can I tell you? I mean, it, this they're pushing, the Democrats are pushing this January 6th narrative over and over and over again. They love doing this. It's all they have right now because the economy stinks. The supply chain is at a real crisis point right now. Energy prices going through the roof. I shared with you this morning the story of the energy prices that are going through the roof because of oil now is surging, natural gas prices surging, and the United States is no longer making it like we used to. We're now relying on bad people around the country. So what do the Democrats have to run on in 2022? We're, 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 we're getting very close now to when midterm elections are going to start. I know it sounds crazy, but after this November, it all begins. And we're getting really close to this November. And then it all begins for November 2022. So once the Virginia and New Jersey governor races are over, everybody's attention is going to be turning towards the House of Representatives and the Senate races that are up. And also there's about 36 different governor's races, I believe, that are up next year. What do Democrats have to run on? Let's see. In Philadelphia, tragic story of a 15-year-old boy who was shot and killed as he was leaving the wake for a 13-year-old boy who was shot and killed. This city is on fire, much like most Democrat-run cities across the country. Columbus is in a box. Crime rates are soaring. The economy is, is about to go into another probably recession because of the supply chain issues and the energy issues and everything else. Democrats don't want you as parents to be able to know what your kids are being taught in school, but what they do want is for the FBI to be able to label you domestic terrorists if you go to a school board meeting and you speak out on something or if you post things on Facebook that they don't like. So what do Democrats have to run on? What, what is their success rate? The, the Afghanistan withdrawal was a, was a debacle, and you don't hear about it in the news anymore because there are still Americans there. Do you know that? There's still Americans in Afghanistan, including a school group from California, still in Afghanistan right now. So when you don't have anything to run on, you run on fear. And that fear is if, if, if we don't win, if Democrats are not in power, they'll be, they'll be the end of democracy. It will be the end of democracy. There'll be another insurrection. It'll be, that's it, it's over. And we got our, we got our Hitler uh, comparison today. Yep, we got our Hitler comparison. Greg Popovich, the NBA coach. Cities that honor Columbus, it's like being proud of Hitler. So Columbus is now like Hitler. Isn't that amazing? He's like Hitler now. I, good, good, good to know. Hey, how's China doing, by the way, Popovich? You still kissing China's ass? Uh, yes. Yeah, you are, right? You are. I know you are. I know you are. Because everybody in the NBA is. Who are you kidding? Come on. Um, 
Yeah, I guess the question then becomes, if you don't have anything to run on and you try to scare people that this is the end of it for America and democracy, and then that doesn't work, what do you do? What do you, how, do you, how do you go with that? Because, I mean, the Democrats could run on the economy, except that it's probably going to be even worse next year, especially if they get their bills through. They could run on infrastructure, but at this rate, they may not have an infrastructure bill passed to be able to run on. So then the other thing that we have to ask then is for Democrats is if they do run on, say, I don't know, um, defunding the police, it's going to get their base out, but it's not going to make Americans happy. Certainly not when crime rates are soaring in this country. So the other thing they could run on is Trump. Oh, right. That's the same thing as democracy ending. I forgot. It's the same thing. Uh, or they could try running against Trump. Yeah, that's the same thing there. Yeah. Um, 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 the impending doom of potentially Trump. Uh, Trump, the Trump Death Star, Trump, Trump Stakes, Trump Water, something like that. Something I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe something like that. What if uh, Donald Trump does run again? What's it going to be like? Stephanie Grisham, who was the press secretary under President Trump for a short period of time, anyway, she's now doing her Crazy Eyes book tour. I shouldn't say that. That's mean. She's doing her book tour. <laughs> crazy Eyes is not a bad thing, by the way. It's not a bad thing. But anyway, this is her prediction for what would happen if Trump does come back said you, one of the reasons you're speaking out is you hope he doesn't run in 2024. If he does, do you plan to actively work against him? If I'm asked to, um, if, if there's anybody who wants me to speak out or talk, yes, I, I will. I think that, you know, I had a very unique perspective in that I worked for the former president, I worked for Mrs. Trump, and I worked for both of them at the same time. I know the way they think, I know the way they try to distract, and if there's any way I can be helpful to help decipher some of those movements and what's really going on, I, I would do that, yes. Do you think if he's elected again, he'll destroy the democracy? I think it will be a very terrifying time. I think you think he's on a revenge tour right now, right, with the the people who voted to uh, impeachment, peach him. I think it will be nothing but revenge, retribution, and how he can benefit himself. Uh, there will be pardons happening. I think there will be very draconian policies that go way too far. So I believe if he is uh, reelected again, it will be a, a really, really scary time. Stephanie Grisham. I don't know how you can be in the inner circle for somebody like that and then just ha just do such a 180. You know what I mean? Like It's hard for me to fathom. If you felt this way, how were you able to work for him and be press secretary and stay in the White House and not warn everybody while he was president? That's just the way I think about these things. It's just to me, it's one of those situations where if it was that bad, what were you going to do to prevent it while as staying there as White House press secretary? Nothing. So... Why didn't you leave and sound the alarm bell back then? Or is it now because you have a book to sell? And you knew that if you left, the book would not be maybe as valuable as if you stayed and were able to get more information for the book. I don't know. I, I, I mean, that's, that's the only way I can think about it. Because I don't really understand exactly why anybody would stay if you felt this way. Really, if you felt this way, why would you do it? So... All these people that write these books, all these all these people that, that have these revelations after they leave. It's like Scaramucci. This guy was with Trump forever, and then he becomes White House communications director for 11 days. And then suddenly, you know, that, then the light turns on for him. Then suddenly now he sees the light after all this time. Or is it because you want to sell some books? And look, I have nothing. I, I'm not against anybody trying to make, make a living. You want to make a living by, by you know, by, by selling some books? Sell some books. Do what you got to do. But... You got to understand that people are going to, you know, it's going to be a little bit like, you know, 
we're not going to take you as seriously if you do that. I wanted to share with you this uh, this little montage that was put together by our friends over at Grabian. This is just a bunch of authoritarians who are all talking in various different things. And they title this, this is starting to sound a lot like dot, 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 communism, because it is starting to sound a lot like communism. The level of control, the level of bow down before the state and the authorities and do whatever the authorities tell you. It's starting to sound a lot like that. And again, there's a lot of skepticism around everything regarding COVID right now because these people have talked out of both sides of their mouth so much. And you see right now a bunch of pilots are boycotting going to work for Southwest because they don't want to get the vaccine mandate. And, 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 and they're called the worst names in the book. I don't believe in mandates. You can understand, too, why a lot of people distrust, for example, Big Pharma. You'll see that even more when that new Hulu series Dope Sick comes out. There's a lot of distrust for Big Pharma that's out there. But anyway, this is this is the... This is the little montage here. Tell me this doesn't sound like we are heading towards communism right now. No one likes to mandate people to do things that they may not want to do. But sometimes for the greater good of society, good. you have to do that. You got to start telling people if you don't get vaccinated, you can't come into this office or this place of business. We really need to make it clear that there are privileges associated with being an American. That if you wish to have these privileges, you need to get vaccinated. Privileges. Travel and having the right to travel in our state, it's not a constitutional right as far as I'm as far as I know. Getting back. Wow. Wow, that's Dr. Lena Wen from CNN. First of all, traveling is a hundred percent a constitutional right. It's just an inalienable right. We have the right to travel. We have the right to travel over state lines. It's not a privilege to travel. Tra- traveling vacations might be a privilege in terms of being able to afford them and having the time off from work, but travel is not a constitutional right. I mean, excuse me, travel is not a privilege. It's a right. It's a right we Americans have. The government doesn't give us the right to travel freely across our country. We just have the right to do it. Now, there may be things that come with it, like, for example, like a driver's license may not be a constitutional right. Like, that may be a privilege. And I don't know, maybe that's what she's talking about. I don't know, but I doubt it. I think she literally means that if you want to be able to travel anywhere, you have to get vaccinated because travel in and of itself is a privilege. And it's not. It's a right. You have a right to travel. You don't even have to have ID to fly on an airplane. It, they're going to make your life a lot more difficult if you don't, but you don't need it to, to fly. It's a right. You have a right to travel. But anyway, let me go back to this here. Vaccinated is not a personal choice. It's not. It's something that we do for the community. I think that he should approach this with an iron fist. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't come to work. People aren't then going to threaten to go to another workplace. If every workplace has that same requirement, that's a good thing. So I don't think it's overreach. I think this is what's needed in the middle of a pandemic. And in fact, I think the Biden administration, if anything, could have gone even further. And those governors that stand in the way, I think it was very clear from the president's tone today, that uh, he will run over them. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't come into this gym. Screw your freedom, because with freedom comes obligations and, uh, and, and responsibilities. Your personal choice ends where my right not to get killed by an infectious disease begins. So we have these collective actions for the good of the community, not the individual. Yeah. Well, I think all these people were not around during the AIDS crisis because they would have been shutting things down left and right. And I don't think anybody would have been allowed to have relations at, at the height of the AIDS crisis if these totalitarians were around back then. We live in a bubble. We live in a community. And that is why there have been a number of instances throughout history where we have made a decision as a society 
to abide by common rules to protect the common good. We really have to, uh, you know, think in terms of what is best for society at this point. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't come into this, get onto this airplane. You can stay unvaccinated if you want, but you're not going to be able to travel to see your family. We've been patient, Whew. but our patience is wearing thin. It does. It does sound like the Iron Fist is here, does it not? It really does. It sounds like the Iron Fist is here. It's a little bit creepy, if you ask me. A little bit creepy. It's a, it's a whole lot creepy. It's very, very creepy. It's very disturbing. I mean, it really is, isn't it? Whew. Wow. I the way that these people think. The way that these people think. Nobody likes to mandate people to do things they don't want to do, but sometimes for the greater good of society, you have to do that. It's almost like to for for uh, for the the good of the many, we sacrifice the few and the rights of the few for the good of the many, and blah 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 or something. I think, man, uh, this is why people are pushing back because we we are Americans. We do like freedom. We don't like this. We really don't. You're not going to motivate people. You're just going to make people dig their heels in. That's it. You're just going to make people dig their heels in. Nobody's going to change their mind because of mandates and everything else. It's it's just not going to happen, uh, period. Uh, over at uh, MSNBC, of all places, because I want you to know that as bad as Joe Biden is doing, it's even worse than you think. Really, no, it is. As bad as Joe Biden is doing, it's even way worse than you could ever possibly imagine because they're openly talking about it at MSNBC. So one of those things where there's this old joke, I forget who it was, I think it was the uh, comedian Dom Herrera used to have this joke about Italians, when it came to things like cancer, they would never say it, they'd always whisper it. She got the cancer. And Biden's polling numbers are so bad right now that they were whispering about it for a while and now they're just openly talking about it. So that's how you know it's really, really bad and way worse than you ever could have imagined when they're saying this kind of stuff as they are. A.B. Stoddard over at MSNBC. I mean, for MSNBC, again, it's pretty huge. To their individual families. And, A.B., look at the polls, the president's polling and that Quinnipiac last week down to 38 percent. That's bad. That's Trump territory uh, for a first-term president at yeah, the same time, yeah. you know, in, in his first year. That really would put not only the midterms, but is, you know, the, the, the moderate seats in the House are in jeopardy, as well as, of course, what happens in 2024. It's true, Andrea, these uh, the, the polling across the board is terrible on questions of competence, on questions of whether or not this administration has accomplished enough. And it comes from a narrowing support um, it, from among independents, most critically, and then even among Democrats. And so this is uh, really something the administration is grappling with. And there's widespread fear across the party about how they're going to fare in next year's elections. The most important thing to stop the bleeding is to get this package, John, and get to a compromise. Everybody knows where the cuts will be made. Um, it's just picking this program or that and resolving the fight over sunsetting short-term programs, moving to more universal uh, benefits instead of targeted relief. As soon as they get that done, the president can focus again on COVID. As soon as COVID stabilizes and the pandemic it feels more contained to the public, We'll see a rebound in the economy and people will appreciate the programs the government has passed. Right now, because of the surge in the Delta variant, if you look at polling, Americans who were helped by the American Rescue Plan passed last winter do not feel and appreciate the benefits that came to them because they feel their long-term financial prospects are grim. 
That's all because of COVID. The administration has to get this behind them so that people in the administration can focus on COVID and containing the pandemic and focusing their messaging to the public on it and then hope by the midterms that the public feels an improvement from the programs that they passed. A.B. Stoddard, mm. thank you so much. And Donna Edwards, of course, in Sahil on Capitol Hill. And the resistance... I would say this to you. Um, it's really bad for Democrats right now. It really is. It, and, and midterm elections are coming like a freight train right now. But what is she talking about in terms of getting COVID under control? I, the Delta variant. We're, we're past the Delta variant at this point. New Jersey reported six new deaths yesterday. Six. In a state of nine million people. So we're, we're past this now. The numbers are plummeting everywhere. The only reason you even bring up COVID at this point is because you want people to still believe that this is a problem so that you can justify them looking over here at the shiny thing and not looking over here, which is the economy and everything else that's happening right now. It's the only reason you bring it up. Nobody really thinks right now at this point in America that, that well, I should say this. Nobody really thinks that the economy is good. Nobody really thinks that Biden is winning. Nobody really thinks that on Capitol Hill, he's in control. Nobody thinks these things. So they want you to look someplace else. Look someplace else. Look over there. Do not, in any way, shape, or form, look at what's happening, actually happening with the economy right now. I mean, do you see the pictures outside of the Port of Los Angeles of all these tanker ships lined up? Lined up. I mean, it's just rife for pirates. I don't know why there hasn't been more pirates coming over there. I mean, if I were a pirate, that's where I'd go. You go where the money is. Look at all these pirates. I mean, right? You know, you get some rum, sing some songs, all these container ships just hanging out. You know what I mean? Just saying, go over there and all of a sudden you're like, hey, you guys can't dock, huh? Well, guess what? Mateys, arg. I mean, do they still do that? Do they still do the arg thing, pirates? I don't even know. I'm not quite sure if that even happens, but um, I would think so. I would certainly think so. Over at, um, let's turn our attention right now for a second to what happened with this this hack that occurred. This is really scary stuff over here. Whenever there's anybody who sells secrets, and this Navy nuclear engineer who did sell these secrets apparently passed them through a sandwich, his wife is a, is a nut on social media. So let me share with you this story from Fox News. The Facebook account appearing to belong to the woman who was charged alongside her Navy nuclear engineer husband with selling secret information about nuclear submarines to an undercover FBI agent is filled with liberal talking points on the Black Lives Matter movement and feminism. So Fox News examined what appears to be her Facebook page, her Twitter account, and her Instagram page and found repeated posts supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, including a profile picture reading Black Lives Matter and a post last year celebrating the social media protests against racism called hashtag Blackout Tuesday. Okay, lots of people do that. No big deal, right? Jonathan and Diana Toby were arrested Saturday in West Virginia, according to a criminal complaint detailing espionage-related charges. They say that he sold information for nearly the past year to a contact he believed represented a foreign power, but was actually an, an undercover FBI agent. And the Twitter account appearing to belong to his wife shows her following various resistance accounts in protest of Trump, including the rogue NASA account described as the unofficial resistance team of NASA. One retreat from the account in 2017, just days after Trump's inauguration, shows a photo reading to the rest of the world. Due to an insufficient amount of moral courage, America is temporarily out of order. We hope to restore service as quickly as possible. In the meantime, we in the resistance movement join hands with those around the world who realize we are one people. May the force of good be with us. Now, her maiden name is Smay, which is included in Facebook. So Diana Smay, 
The uh, private Annapolis school, the key school, is where she's a faculty member. I'm shocked that she would be in education. I really am. I'm shocked. No offense to people in education. Key school is shocked and appalled to learn of the charges filed against faculty member Diana Toby and Jonathan Toby. Key school had no prior knowledge of their alleged criminal activities. One of the posts that she liked on a Facebook account, uh, Women Can Stop Trump. She also had a lot on Hillary Clinton on there. She had a photo of the transgender flag, various profile photos supporting uh, LGBT community. Her most recent public profile shows her hair dyed purple in a bathroom selfie. So anyway, I guess uh, all I can tell you is it's no surprise that somebody who follows a lot of those groups would hate America to the point of wanting to sell our secrets. I know it's, it's shocking. It's really shocking. Now, the way they got this guy is interesting. So he provided instructions uh, for how to, uh, in April of 2020, and so it was when this began, he started to sell secrets about nuclear subs back then. He sent a package of Navy documents to a foreign government and wrote that he was interested in selling operations manuals, performance reports, and other sensitive information. He also provided instructions for how to conduct the secretive relationship with a letter that said, quote, I apologize for this poor translation into your language. Please forward this letter to your military intelligence agency. I believe this information will be of great value to your nation. This is not a hoax. That package, which had a return address in Pittsburgh, was obtained by the FBI last December through its legal attache office in the unspecified foreign country. Because if you are one of those countries, you probably, the first thing you think of is this is a setup. Because who'd be stupid enough just to solicit a country like this? Hi, I'd love to sell some secrets and betray my country. Any takers? I'll be on Facebook later. If you want to make me an offer, I'll be, uh, I'll be just hanging out. Got some stuff to sell. Got to do some liking some cat videos and whatnot. But I'll just be here waiting. I'll wait. And if you want to buy my stuff, I'll just be here. Let me know. Hey, it's me again. Just, again, offering to betray my country. Got secrets, nuclear subs, and ready to go. So, anybody interested? Call me. Call me. Right. Oh, the ice cream man's back. Can you hear him? No? I don't know. This microphone's really good. You may not be able... It's not supposed to pick up that kind of stuff, but I hear it. It's very distracting to me. Hey, I'll sell... We'll sell nuclear secrets for ice cream. Right. Well, like, will work for food. Anyway, so this guy was doing this. So if I'm the country, I'm going, this is a joke, right? This guy's just calling us up and offering to sell stuff. It's not how it works. We usually contact him. We go to him. He didn't come to us. <laughs> Who does that? So he has his return address in, in Pittsburgh. The FBI said in June, the undercover agent sent $10,000 in cryptocurrency. As the agent went through an undercover operation, he pretended to be part of the unspecified foreign country. Weeks later, federal agents watches the guy arrive. The Navy guy, TB's, whatever his name is, arrived at an agreed-upon location in West Virginia for the exchange. His wife appeared to serve as the lookout for her husband during a dead-drop operation for which the FBI paid twenty grand. i am just dropping this envelope here to betray my country and spill secrets. And uh, Honey, how's it look? Look good? Thumbs up. Love you, baby. Good. All right. Guess no one's looking at us. She's being lookout because God knows the government doesn't have the ability to look from far away at night and not be seen. I mean, this guy's supposed to be in the Navy on a nuclear sub selling secrets and he doesn't know that, like, the government... I mean, if the Navy has night vision goggles, the rest of the government probably has it too, right? Some of these criminals are the dumbest people, aren't they? They might be very smart and then all of a sudden they just get very dumb. It's the only thing I could think of. 
Because if I'm him, I'm thinking to myself, she can serve as lookout all she wants. If the, if somebody's watching this transaction go down, I'm never going to see them. Because I know this because I'm in the Navy and I know the kind of things I'm trying to sell. The, I'm sell it, literally selling the manuals for how this stuff works. Anyway, so the FBI recovered a blue memory card wrapped in plastic and placed it in a peanut butter sandwich. Now, did the peanut butter get all over it, the plastic? Because it's disgusting. You could not have picked something that was less... Oh, was the peanut butter supposed to act like an adhesive? Is that what it was? What kind of peanut butter was it, too? What if the guy had a nut allergy? Really, this guy, what a jerk. What if the person receiving the package had a nut allergy? Did he ever think about that, you selfish jerk? It should be a nut-free, some sort of a sun butter. You hide it in the sun butter or something like that, or a turkey sandwich. But... You're just rude at this point. The FBI provided the contents of the memory card to a Navy subject matter expert who determined that the records included design elements and performance characteristics of Virginia-class submarine reactors. Memory card also included a type message that said in part, quote, I hope your experts are very happy with the sample provided, and I understand the importance of a small exchange to grow our trust. Then he added, enjoy the peanut butter. I love to lick it. XOXO me. I added that last part. They're expected to have their initial court appearances Tuesday in Martinsburg, West Virginia. The Department of Defense referred Fox News to the FBI when asked if the couple would be part of a potential probe into domestic terrorism. Gee, you, you think? What would, what would make you think that out of curiosity? That's, I mean, sometimes people are just that dumb, aren't they? That's what I always think about stuff like this. Like, you always think to yourself, the dumbest people, absolutely. Uh, so Superman came out as gay. That's interesting to nobody. I, what year is this, honestly, that they have to keep doing these cheap publicity stunts? DC Comics has been so behind the times with everything now. So Superman's son, Jonathan Kent, who is the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane, will soon begin a romantic relationship with a male friend, DC Comics announced on Monday. And if it's like anything else in the DC multiverse, it won't go well. <laughs> Because everything in the DC multiverse has gone to hell. <laughs> so this relationship's doomed before he even starts it. I'm just saying. It's so silly. All right, what else can I give you uh, some updates on? It's a little bit, it's, today's, it's Indigenous Peoples Day, obviously, in the mind of the left. So what does that mean? Well, you have to realize something. Why do they hate Columbus? I'll tell you why exactly why. I'll tell you why. Here. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. They hate Columbus because Columbus represents the exploration of this horrible, horrible land called America. That's why. And they he, he represents everything that they hate about our country. Remember, if you're Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, if you're anyone on the left, you hate this country so much. You think we are the problem in the world. Our, our white colonialist past. We are every phobe imaginable. We've destroyed the environment. We've destroyed people's lives and we have to atone for it. And Columbus is the embodiment of that because he found this place and discovered it, ushering in this era of hatred and slavery and everything else. That's how they think. They really do think that way. Now, if you're Italian like me, and I shared this morning on the show the history of how we got to this point of having Columbus Day and why, because of how the Italians were treated here in this country... Uh, terrible. They were treated terribly. And the largest single mass lynching in American history of 11 Italian Americans in New Orleans uh, lynched and the New York Times praising the lynching at the time, among other hateful things they were praising about people that were racist against Italians. So Benjamin Her Henry Harrison, the president of the United States, Benjamin Harrison, decided that in order to 
try to convince people that Italians had a lot to offer the United States of America, he would, on the 400th anniversary of Columbus's discovery of America, honor the day as a way to, and it wasn't like knock you in the face about it. It was, hey, look, 400 years ago, Columbus discovered America. So, by the way, he's Italian, not for nothing. And that was trying to go a long way towards getting America to be tolerant of Italians in our country. It wasn't easy for Italians. They were, they were routinely uh, beaten on the streets. They couldn't get jobs. They were subjected to horrific kinds of laws. And then this lynching occurred. So the idea that Columbus represents all the horrible things about America is something the left thinks. But to most Italians, what they think of Columbus is he's there to honor the contributions of Italian-Americans in building up our country, in creating the United States of America. So please don't hate us because we helped. We, we really did help. We discovered this place. That's the thinking of it. We helped discover America. So please don't hate us. We're Americans like you. And when my grandpa came here, he was subject to all kinds of discrimination. There were still signs, you know, Italians need not apply. Italians, Irish need not apply. I'm only saying that because the idea that it was all good for Italians even after the proclamation of Columbus Day is a farce. Italians had a struggle for a long time. There was anti-Catholic bias in this country. You remember in 1960, John F. Kennedy, when he was elected president, he had to convince people that his Catholicism was not a problem. He had to go to West Virginia, gave a very very impassioned speech about how the Pope would not be telling him what to do. But that anti-Catholic bias persisted. It still persists in this country in many ways. So for Italians, we look at Christopher Columbus, we look at that statue as just honoring the contributions of Italians to our country and recognizing what they endured to help build up this country. And they did build this country. They built, this country was built on the backs of immigrants like Italians. And that's all that was trying to do was just say, hey, look, 400 years ago, Columbus discovered this country and he's Italian. So maybe be nice to Italians. That was it. Today, we act like that statue was put up and, it, and, and Columbus Day was put on the calendar to just needle it in the eye of the indigenous peoples of America. And of course, that's a lie. There's nothing to do with that. But this is what the left, the woke left, has decided it is, and they've manipulated history accordingly so that you think that, and they want you to think that, because if you think that, then you can help in the canceling of the history of this country. And if you can cancel the history of this country, you have to cancel some very important documents, obviously the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and they want to see both of those things canceled. Because without the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, they, they, they're unrestrained. You know, They don't have to worry about a filibuster. They, they don't have to worry about anything restraining them because it could be majority rule. The Constitution sets around the, about the parameters of why a Joe Manchin and a Kirsten Cinema can slow them down. The Bill of Rights, which gives you and I the freedom to be able to do what we want for the most part, and they don't like. And remember that that clip what I played you about you got to make all these sacrifices for the good of the of the masses, which is exactly what they say in communist countries. Well, the Bill of Rights doesn't look at it that way. The Bill of Rights gives an individual, an individual, it affirms the rights and the liberty that you naturally possess from your Creator, that inalienable, and they hate that too because they think government should dish dish out all the rights and privileges. I mean, you heard Dr. Lena went from CNN. They, they all think that way. Government should be giving out all the privileges and all the bennies. And anybody who has anything beyond that, the government should be able to take it away. If you're not good, if you're not good little boys and girls. First Amendment, hey, look, if you're engaging in hate speech, 
Shut it down. What's hate speech? Whatever they decide it is. Misinformation. Google still will not accept advertising dollars for anybody that wants to post something that is antithetical to the idea that man has started climate change. Now, look, they're a private company. They can do whatever they want. But imagine that policy embodied in federal law. Like, you are not allowed to go out there and turn around and say anything on climate change because it's misinformation and it's dangerous. There are people that believe that that should be the way it is and that by you should be punished under the law if you spread misinformation for the good of the many, for the health and the good of the many. The same people spreading what they would consider to be vaccination misinformation. They should also be banned, their speech silenced. And certainly the Second Amendment, you would not have a Second Amendment. You would not have the right to defend yourself and your family and to protect you and your family from tyranny because the government would provide your protection. And then when the government has to oppress you, the government will for the good of the many, for the good of the majority. Look at how China does it. Everything China does is for the Chinese people. It's the People's Liberation Army. But do individual Chinese people have rights and privileges? Uh, no, they have none. Well, I should say rights and privileges. I should say rights. They have privileges, which they get, again, if they're good little boys and girls. Then they'll get privileges. But in terms of rights, no, they have no rights. That Which whatever the government gives them. They, there are many people that believe that that's how it should be here, too. And that the problem with America and the only way to atone for America is absolutely when America realizes its horrific nature, its horrific history, its horrific past, and makes it right. And all these people trying to come to this country are not coming here because we're such a great country. You have to realize that too. They don't believe, the left does not believe that people are trying to come to this country because we're such a great country. They believe they're coming to this country because we, the United States of America, have raped their lands to such a degree that from a climate change perspective, they can't live there anymore. And because with our capitalism, we've destroyed their economy, so they have no jobs there. So they have to come here. They have no choice to come here. They hate us too, but they have to come here. They really do believe that. It's sad. So in my mind, when the city of Philadelphia, the city where the birthplace of liberty puts the statue in a box and covers it up, it's so just emblematic of cancel culture in general. And the left loving to put things in boxes and tuck them away out of sight. The things that offend, the things that they don't like, the things that trigger, the things that hurt. Today, it's the Columbus Day statue. Tomorrow, it's blank. And ultimately, at the end of the day, what they'd really love to do is put the entire Constitution and the Bill of Rights into a giant box and lock it up and tuck it away forever. Put it into a museum to be studied, to understand what white oppression's like and uh, white supremacy's like and everything else. You hear them say it all the time. So to destroy this country... You have, to, you have to first understand, well, let me rephrase. For them to change the country, they first have to destroy the pillars that hold the country together. And that those pillars are all embodied in the Constitution. The restraint of government, the fact that it's a republic, not a democracy, all of those things. So you have to dismantle that little by little. And then you can rebuild America. And they do it on a series of multiple tracks, including the track that is this $3.5 trillion social welfare orgy spending bill which would then create this new relationship with government where government protects you from cradle to grave and you become more dependent on government the very same time that they are limiting your individual freedom and limiting your individual rights. And part of the frustration that a lot of us have with, say, for example, vaccine mandates is we don't need them in this country. We've achieved herd immunity with more than 75% of Americans getting the first shot already and millions of Americans having herd immunity uh, people are not dropping dead in the streets like smallpox. We don't need to do this. We're only doing this because we're looking for ways to take away individual liberty. We're looking for ways to take away individual freedom, to get people used to what they said in that clip earlier, 
to get them used to the idea of sacrificing for the greater good. There is no need for a vaccine mandate at this point. This is not weaponized Ebola, aerosolized, and people dying left and right. This is a virus with a 99% survivability rate. And at this point now, with, with all of the wonderful antibodies and the vaccines and the treatment, it's a pretty good shot. You get, get COVID, you're going to survive COVID. So what is the purpose of this exactly? Other than to slowly strip away our freedom and to strip away, strip away our liberty. One more time. With that context, you can understand a little bit more of why this is starting to feel a lot like communism. No one likes to mandate people to do things that they may not want to do. But sometimes for the does. greater good of society, I think he does. You have to do that. You got to start telling people if you don't get vaccinated, you can't come into this office or this place of business. We really may need to make it clear that there are privileges associated with being an American, that if you wish to have these privileges, you need to get vaccinated. Travel and having the right to travel in our state, it's not a constitutional right as far as I'm as far as I know. Getting what vaccinated is, is not a personal choice. It's not. It's something that we do for the community. I think that he should approach this with an iron fist. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't come to work. People aren't then going to threaten to go to another workplace. If every workplace has that same requirement, that's a good thing. So I don't think it's overreach. I think this is what's needed in the middle of a pandemic. And in fact, I think the Biden administration, if anything, could have gone even further. And those governors that stand in the way, I think it was very clear from the president's tone today, that uh, he will run over them. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't come into this gym. Screw your freedom, because with freedom comes obligations and, uh, and, and responsibilities. Your personal choice ends where my right not to get killed by an infectious disease begins. So we exactly. have these collective actions for the good of the community, not the individual. Yeah. We don't live in a bubble. We live in a community. And that is why there have been a number of instances throughout history where we have made a decision as a society to abide by common rules that protect the common good. We really have to uh, you know, think in terms of what is best for society at this point. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't come into this, get onto this airplane. You can stay unvaccinated if you want, but you're not going to be able to travel to see your family. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. Hey, have a great rest of your day today. Happy Columbus Day. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. See you tomorrow.